wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fretz. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the Effing Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening to you are listening to you are listening to then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? Podcast here. Welcome to episode 228 of YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this special Wednesday evening. I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are. And Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Yes. It is a special Wednesday episode of what I like to call Last Week. This week, we're going to talk about last week's episode of NXT. Get you primed and ready for the post-Great American Bash episode of the Black and Gold Standard. Hope you guys are enjoying your midweek so far. Hope it was a productive day for you. Uh, not so much for me. Uh, still trying to get it back into the swing of things. Well, today was one of those days where it was just like, uh, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> it was one of those days. Uh, it be like that sometimes. I don't. It doesn't happen to me often, but when it does, you just gotta just let it, just let it, just ride the whole thing out and just see what happens, and hopefully it becomes a better day. And meh. Um. Other than that, y'all. I appreciate y'all sliding through. Checking out this week's episode of last week. This week, don't you worry though. Everything will be back to normal uh, come Monday. I'm uh, just getting back to the swing of things. Um, if you have not checked out last night's episode, episode 227 of the YLB podcast, I talked about this past weekend's New Japan Cup final and, of course, NJPW Dominion, uh, what I entitled a Midsummer Weekend Dream. Hope you guys check that out. Uh, if, you, if you haven't checked out that episode yet, pause this, go back to that, check out that episode, and then come back here. I'll give you time to pause and go, do what you gotta do. I'll talk to you later. Oh, you're still here. Okay. Other than that, y'all, okay, then uh, I guess we get to talk about NXT. Before we get into that, I uh, just want to let you guys know that this episode, of course, can be found over on AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com, anchor.fm slash 
Young Lions Perspective and anchor.fm slash WrestleAddictRadio. If you have any comments, thoughts, opinions, if you like the episode, hate the episode, you want to rant, uh, if you want to just talk shit, you know, by all means do so. Um, you can comment over on AmbitiousPodcastSolutions.com. If you want to leave a voice message on Anchor, um, of course, anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective, you can just easily leave it over there. That is my page. If you're going to leave one over on anchor.fm slash WrestleAddictRadio, make sure you put YLP in the title so I know that you're talking to me personally. And if I like it enough, I'll have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the YLP Podcast. And I'll discuss all the other places you can check out this episode of the podcast later on in the show. But we really need to get into what happened last week. Yes, you boy, even on vacation, still watching NXT. Why? Because I love NXT. I really do love NXT. And Great, um, Great American Bash Part 2 went down last Wednesday night. Um, so I'm really not going to get into everything. Okay? Um, I'm not really concerned about the Gargano Swerve match. That doesn't really... Um, I didn't really, you know, rock with me a little bit. Um, the six-man tag was, was actually good. I did it with um, Elegato del Fantasma and all that. But more than likely, we'll discuss everything because, you know, that's how we get down. But for the most part, we really are going to get into, of course, as always, for those of you who are new to the program, I break down it, everything pretty much in three segments, in a sense. Um I usually do the most important thing, which is more often than not the main event title scene or the North American title scene. And we'll be discussing Adam Cole versus Keith Lee and all that. Um, and then I also either I'll get into the uh, women's division and discuss all that, as well as uh, if there is any tag team action, which there was a six-man tag that went down last week. And then we and then we finish up usually with the Cruiserweight division, um, on this portion of the program, and then we prepare ourselves to talk about what is going down tonight. Now, usually, uh, last week, this week, goes down every Tuesday night, but as I uh, stated um, earlier on, uh, just a few minutes ago, um, I wanted to make sure I completed everything in terms of New Japan and Dominion so I can get everything sorted out for yesterday's episode. Now, again, I'm a little rusty. It's been about, uh, what, 10, it was 10 days uh, since I had recorded an episode of the podcast, close to two weeks, um, it's actually good. Yeah, it was the first time in two weeks I had recorded an episode, so I, I'm a bit rusty still. So bear with me. Uh, we will get back into the swing of things as we go on. By the end of the month, I should be properly fine. Getting back into the swing of things, but we need to, of course, let us discuss the most important thing that went down. On last week's episode of NXT. Now, I actually watched this episode twice. Reason why? Um, once, I fell asleep, uh, unfortunately. So, um, I was watching it, like, late at night. Um, probably, like, like, my second or third night in Denver. Um, had a little bit of the greenery. And uh, your boy went, to, uh, boy took a nice nap-nap. Um, it bees with it bees. But, I rewatched it. And now I can discuss it a little bit better, which I thoroughly enjoy. But let us get into what I believe, of course, honest, obviously, is the most important thing that came out of this episode. 
And the most important thing that came out of this episode is the fact that we do have a double champion. Um, as I stated a couple weeks ago, my concern was this. Um, my concern was that there honestly, personally, no, there was honestly no need for I don't know. I still think as of right now even even though the biggest news coming out of it is that Keith Lee is now the first ever double champion in NXT's history. Yes, Keith Lee now holds both the I was going to say IWGP the NXT North American Championship and is now the new NXT Champion. Now, still to right now, I am conflicted as to why we why NXT felt the need to have a double champion. Normally, nine times out of ten, I'd be singing the praises of NXT because more nine times out of ten, they usually have a good episode. They have a good episode. It kicks ass. I love it. You love it. Everybody does cartwheels. We all do, you know, handstands. Okay, I don't do handstands. We all do cartwheels. We have a party. We pop bottles of, uh, you know, Moscato and, you know, sparkling wine, whatever the fuck we do. Whatever about. If you got it like that, champagne. Um, but for the most part, for the most part, usually I am uh, perfectly fine with the episode. It is quite rare that I, Mr. YLP himself, am a bit conflicted in terms of the main event scene. Usually I can just break it down chapter and verse, start making predictions, start thinking, you know, and more, more often than not, I am way off, uh, but... With this, I am, I am quite conflicted. I really, for the most part, stayed off social media. Um, and for the first, and whoever, and first, first before, before I break down everything, to the motherfucker who decided it was a grand fucking idea to spoil shit and pretty much, um, pretty much spoil who was going to win the winner-take-all matchup. And I rarely say this word on this program. You're a fucking cunt. And a dumbass piece of shit. It's one thing if you're taking a picture of the moment, right? You know, just taking a picture of it, enjoying the moment, and all that stuff. If anything, NXT, I'm, I'm going to say this right now from here on out. Triple H, Paul, baby. If, if you hear me out there, family, um, if you feel me out there, brother, to be truthfully honest with you, fam, from here on out, nobody should have cell phones in the building. If they're going to be out near the ring, no cell phones. You leave that shit in the back. And I guarantee you, Triple H is going to be starting to do that now. 
because of shit like that. When I saw that spoiler, I literally woke up for work one day. It was probably a couple weeks ago. And I saw the picture, and I'm just like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Not because Keith Lee is now a double champion in NXT. I'll discuss that in a bit. It's because of the fact that, you know, and for those of you who are who know who know this show and have been listening to it for the past six months, first and foremost, thank you. Second of all, you know I hate spoilers. I despise them for all they are. I hate them with a fucking passion. Except if it's Super Letdown or um, Crown Fools, then I really don't give a shit because those events usually are trash. No one gives a fuck. And Goldberg actually won a matchup. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, we forgot about that. Um, well, I didn't, unfortunately. Thanks a lot there, Vince. What a joke of fucking decision that fucking was. I despise spoilers. And for, for, the, for the easiest reason in the world, I don't need to see it. Now, if it's New Japan, I get it because usually for us over here in the West, um, nine times out of ten, you'll be, I usually watch New Japan after the show of Venezuela. My ass ain't waking up at no 3.30 in the fucking morning, unless I wake up to go to the bathroom and can't go back to sleep for that moment in time. Other than that, I can deal with a spoiler or two. I already knew Evil won the championship prior to um, watching both New Japan Cup Final and Dominion. I already knew Evil won the, won the tournament and then turned on uh, Naito and LIJ, and then became the double champion. If you want to know my, my thoughts on that, check out episode 227, and you'll and you'll figure out my thoughts and uh, opinion over there. In terms of this here, the spoiler was never needed. I could have been on fire. Now, I saw it, and then I easily got it out of my mind. Let it go. Let it go, let it go. I held it back some more. Okay. But it's, it's in this case for NXT. We know they take both shows. We know that, you know, they got stuff out of the way, got it all set. But seriously. It was not needed. The spoiler wasn't needed, and whoever it was, I'm sure we'll never figure out who it was. You're a dick. Fuck you, and I hope you stay in the PC forever. You're welcome. Now, getting into Keith Lee as a double champion. As I stated a couple weeks ago on last week, this week. Actually, yeah, a couple weeks ago. I didn't feel the need to have a double champion. I still feel don't feel the need to have a double champion. I still don't think that it's needed, but they went with it. There wasn't. It was a clean decision. It was you know no outside interference from the undisputed era whatsoever. None. No shenanigans. A straight up one on one match. That was a straight up banger, by the way, which I thought was a fantastic. It was a. Don't get it twisted. Just because I didn't like the decision doesn't mean I didn't like the match. And don't mind me, I'm just looking for my nail clippers. Okay, that's kind of weird. Let's just keep them on the table here. I'll worry about it later. 
Um, I mean, I really honestly thought that, you know, there was going to be some sort of interference. There's going to be a disqualification, you know, Karrion Cross was going to get involved. Finn Balor was going to get involved. I thought all this shit. I thought those were the best case scenarios because me personally, me personally, yes, Keith Lee is now champion. Cool. I can rock with that. Let us ba- let us bask in the man's glory as we normally do. Let us bask in his glory. But I honestly believe that a double champion isn't needed because now now you have a situation. We are now going to surround the entire NXT universe around the Limitless One. And again, not mad at the decision. The match was damn good. Let us not let us not get wrapped up in the bullshit. This match was fire. Okay? I loved this match. From beginning to end, it had meaning, it had purpose, it was dope. The the ending of the match was crazy. Feel me? It was just it was so much drama in that match that it couldn't be denied that you could enjoy this shit. Even the most, the biggest NXT hater would probably love this matchup. Would have loved this, and then still, you know, said AEW is better. And and that's your opinion. Perfectly fine. You you do you, boo boo. But now the entire NXT universe is surrounded around Keith Lee. And then I sat back, like I am right now, and I thought about it. Now, do I like the decision of a double champion? It, it just, it's very conflicting to me because I'm playing, I'm trying to play both sides and I'm really, I'm not, okay, I'm not trying to play both sides. I'm trying to be an unbiased motherfucker on this one. Um, but, we now, but with this, with Keith Lee surrounding himself as a double champion, I had that, I had that thought of maybe they're trying to do what New Japan's doing right now and have one top guy holding both belts. I thought about that for a moment. And I'm thinking, maybe they saw that and they wanted to run with it. See what it looked like. See what it'd be like. And now we know. And now Adam Cole's 400 plus day reign is over. And what came out of it is five guys are now the top tier of NXT. We have five. And as of right now, it makes sense to make these five the top tier of NXT. That, of course, being the double champion, Keith Lee, Adam Cole, who will more than likely get a rematch very soon, Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor, and Karrion Cross. 
Those are the five guys I think they will be running with for the, at least the remainder of the summer going into the fall. And for me personally, the fall is what is going to be most important. The fall will, autumn is going to be very important. Not because it's football season, y'all. Okay? Not because it's football season or anything like that. Okay? Take a sip of water there. Kirkland Signature Ionized Alkaline Water. Mixed in with a little bit of liquid IV. With liquid IV, you get the uh, approx you know, approximately two to three bottles of water in just one little packet. Buy a bag of that in Costco, about 30 bucks, worth every fucking penny. Passion fruit flavor is delicious. Shameless plug, shameless plug. I'm not sponsored, by the way. Sponsor me. I love your shit. It's delicious. Check mm. it up a little bit. Give more that powder, baby. But honestly, that is your top five. That is your five that you have to deal that we're gonna run with now. And honestly, between you and me, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the five we have right now. I know that these are the five that they're gonna be rocking with for the remainder of the summer going into the fall. Um, of course, the mid card is gonna be fire. You know, Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes. We'll talk about that later on today. But let's be real for real. How will NXT moving forward will try to configure this? How are they going to try to matriculate all this John here? That's going to be the major focus of this match. I mean, not this match, of Keith Lee's title reign, of where we're at now. We know for a fact that after the match had ended, Keith Lee was celebrating with both belts. And Karrion Cross and Miss Scarlet are in the rafters watching Keith Lee celebrate his victory. Oh. So... I'm thinking maybe they'll just have, you know, Cross. See, here's how I see it now. And I'm just going to leave it at this before we move on. Because I don't want to go too long just talking about the main event scene here in NXT. I'm going to leave it with this. From here on out, Keith Lee will be defending both championships. Both titles will be, it will just be kind of like inseparable belts. Not, you know, they will not, you know, I'm sure Keith Lee will not be defending separate belts and have two matches in one night type deals at a pay-per-view or, you know, Wednesday night, you know, pay-per-view-esque shows or anything like that. He will be defending both belts. In the end, though, However long he holds both championships, I'm predicting Karen, I, I, pretty much is a, probably going to be one of the easiest predictions of 2020 for yours truly.
Cross will be the one to take those titles from Keith Lee. At this point, it is a straight-up mere formality that Cross is going to win one of those belts. At least one. If they're gonna hold, if they're gonna have Keith Lee hold both and have Cross be the one to take at least a title from him, then Cross should be the one to do it. Now, of course, obviously, Cole will get his rematch for at least the NXT championship. We know that. I just don't know how this will work. But I know these five, those five guys will be the ones surrounding the be the ones surrounding this um, championship scene. For the for at least the next month, couple months, all that. At least for that that much, at least for the next couple of months, these five will be surrounding the championship. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know what, how they're going to go about this. I'm sure we'll understand a little bit more after tonight, and we'll talk about it um, on Tuesday. But right now, at this very moment, I'm a little concerned. Um, I, I just hope that, you know, and, and I'm not going to, you know, dispute what they're doing over in NXT, the powers that be. But what I am concerned about is, you know, the booking decisions now from here on out. And we'll discuss, I mean, I believe there's an article out there um, with how NXT is going to be booking their stuff uh, moving forward um, in terms of the um, the remainder of the year. Because there was a, there was a report that did come out. Um, I actually listened to it from uh, Cultaholic. And they... Um, did have an art? Did, did do a video saying you know how they're going to be um, booking this for the remainder of the year? And I will tell you guys right now, um, the sportsnet.com also kind of has the same article, and we'll discuss that in um, the next segment when we talk about this week. So we'll at least talk about a little tad bit of news um, going forward on the show. But we'll move on for, away from the main event scene, and I want to discuss the ladies. Usually I leave them towards the end of the segment, but I think right now um, we can discuss some late. We can discuss some of the lady stuff. So, Miriam and Candice LeRae's little feud is still going on, okay? And Miriam and Candice LeRae had a street fight after what had happened um, the week prior, where you know. Pretty much they were still pretty much wanting to kill each other. You know what? This match was actually cool. I love a good street fight every once in a while on WWE programming, and usually nine times out of ten. Uh, NXT usually does it right, um, i.e. Gargano versus fucking Champa. Okay. If you haven't seen that yet, um, first and foremost, where the fuck have you been? B, have you been under a rock? C, if you have WWE Network, find it, watch it, thank me later, and then come back to here. Actually, no, listen here, and then go and then go watch it on your own time. But, 
I am just loving this feud between Yim and Lorraine. And the fact that it also does help the cause with, you know, Keith Lee and Johnny Gargano, you know, Keith Lee and Mia Yim, they're both couples, adorable. In case y'all motherfuckers didn't know that, Mia Yim and Keith Lee go together. Okay, yeah, they go together. So does Juice Robinson and Tony Storm, and most motherfuckers are still hating on that too. Other than that, like I said on yesterday's program, Juice Robinson, do you pimping? I hope that booty feels nice. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to hell for all of this. Um, this was a dope street fight. I, I, for the most part, some street fights can be legendary classics. Some can end up being straight up me wanting to go take nap right here. This one was right in the middle. I enjoyed this. I did really like this matchup. Now, Candice LeRae getting the victory here, you know, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. It just adds a little bit more, um, a little bit more towards the hatred for Mia and Candice. You know? Because the ending sequence was quite interesting. So, Mia has a pair of brass nuts. Um, Mia goes to punch Candace. Candace uses the chair as a shield. Smacks Mia down with it over and over. Candace put Mia on the chair pile. Puts its layer of chairs over Mia. Uh, nice little uh, what, what uh, Mitchell on the chairshot.com states as a chair sandwich. Excuse me. Candace goes up to the top. Table, she uses the table as a platform, but Mia gets out of the chairs, rocks Candace. Uh, Candace is laying prone on the table. Mia prepares the child, uh, the chair pile in a new arrangement, climbs up, joins Candace, goes up top. Candace fighting Mia, wrenching the arm, taking the brass knuckles from her. Mia starts throwing hands, realizing that one rock could be uh, pretty much night-night. They're both standing on the platform. Candace rocks her with the knuckles, and then Miss Le- uh, Ray herself they both take a wild ride through the tables. Candace somehow covers Mia Yim with a hand. Lorel beats Yim in this this chapter of their feud. This is one of those feuds where I've enjoyed thoroughly. It's not every day that we get to see a dope-ass woman's feud. Honestly, it's not every day you get to see a dope-ass woman's feud. If you tried to ask me what my what what the last really good one was, I probably couldn't tell you. I'm sure one of y'all would just be like, what day was this one? <laughs> to which I'll reply, okay. Or, oh, yeah, that one, no, that, yeah, that was a dope-ass feud. Okay, yeah, that was fire. I like that. I would say, personally, the last really, really good one in NXT was uh, Ripley Baser. This one has been a fun ride for quite some time. I have thoroughly enjoyed this feud. This this just adds a little bit more fuel to the fire for these two ladies, and I don't think this is... I think this, Matt, this feud is far from over. This is not over by a fucking long shot, okay? Not even close to being over. But Candace does get the victory, beats Mia Yim, and, you know, we'll see where this goes. But, yeah, this was a dope-ass street fight. 
this was fantastic. I really, I, I want to, I can't wait to see what the next chapter of this feud is. They, and, and one thing I love about NXT for the most part is that they really, 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 really like to go long term with their feuds. And Lorey and Yim have been really, they've been cooking for about a month or two now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they've really been cooking. And I like to cook. And the cooking and the cooking come out good, and it's nicely well seasoned. Okay, salt bay action. I know it's a, I know it's for most of y'all it's a dead meme, but I still love salt bay, so deal with it. But yeah, I can't. I'm I'm curious to see what is going to happen going forward, and I'm quite excited to see if there's going to be anything crazy going down between um, Candice and Mia. Now finishing up with the ladies. Ah, AEW, in their private time, would honestly say 100% Mercedes Martinez, especially with a division that's pretty much in disarray right now, they would uh, they will never say it out loud, but I know for a fact, and I know you know it too if you watch both programs, Mercedes Martinez, in terms of the women's division, is easily the Great White Buffalo. If you've never seen Hot Tub Time Machine, you don't know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. I'll explain. Mercedes Martinez is literally the one that got away. Martinez was in AEW for a minute. I thought they had a deal. We all thought they had a deal. And then, for some reason, they didn't have a deal. And then all of a sudden, um, now then she got signed by WWE. And then um, all of a sudden, I started laughing my ass off, um, realizing AEW fucked up royally. And can we just say, I'll just say it for you. Uh, I'll just say very, very, very big, large oof. Very large oof, okay? Super large oof. And I think AEW easily, easily, 100% played themselves in terms of, you know, in terms of just, you know, trying to, of having talent. Like, this is one of those epic failures. And my apologies, I actually hit the uh, you know, the X button by accident. But for me, it goes... Mm. That, that must have been playing in their heads very easily. AEW fucked up royally in not having uh, Mercedes Martinez because not only is she a former Shimmer and I believe a former Shine champion, um, she could have easily been a big money player for AEW and now she's in NXT and you know what? I'm fine with it. I'm a big fan of Martinez. Um, I mean, she did face Santana Garrett in her debut. Um, 
pretty much handled business against Santana Garrett, who I think is a fucking adorable woman. Um, she's a, she is adorable. But Martinez handled her biz. And now, now here's, here's how I see it with Martinez. Martinez now is going to be lying in wait. And I think that's a good thing. Um, I believe, if I remember correctly, she is 38. 38 years old. And I know her time may be short in NXT. Or in WWE, for that matter. But with usually 9 times out of 10, when it comes to the women's division, and I always say this, that NXT's women's division is literally the best women's division in all of professional wrestling. Feel me? All professional wrestling. Hands down, you can't tell me any different. I dare you to argue with me, and I promise you, you are going to lose. And I always say this as well. Stardom is about as close as you can get to best women's anything in terms of professional wrestling in the game right now. 100%. But Martinez is going to be waiting in the wings a little bit, and you know what? That's perfectly fine. I'm perfectly fine with having Mercedes Martinez wait because she is worth the wait. And if she, if Mercedes, if Mercedes, if you're in the, if you're out there, girl, and you can listen, somehow listen to this, baby girl, you are worth the wait because I know how big of a fucking deal you are, and I know how much of a big fucking deal NXT is going to make you. So I am not worried about where you're positioned at this very moment one bit. I have already easily put her in the mid tier. Yeah, I put her in the mid-tier. Something you got to deal with. And you know what? She's where she's exactly where she needs to be. I said, and usually when it comes to um, noob noobs or people who are coming into the fold in NXT, I kind of have a, a, a window of time in my head to which I can see them be, you know, have their, what I like to call, rise to prominence. Become part of the top tier and start gunning for the NXT Women's Championship. More often than not, I'm pretty good with that. But I have missed on a few. Austin Theory, they did you dirty, son. Angel Garza, they did you dirty, son. Brought both of you up too soon. And now you're just wandering. And now you're just wandering away on a show that literally just had their Worst fucking rating in terms of viewership in the history of the damn show. I fucking said it. Raw's trash. You know it. Can't defend it. You wish you could. And if you like Raw, kiss my ass. You're a fool. And you're getting played like one. Dickhead. How you feel? You feel you crying? You good? I'm good. You good? Alright. Well, fuck you then. In terms of Martinez, 2021, of course, will be a proper timing for her. Now, we are in July, at the seventh month of the year. For those of you who forgot how many months we have in the year, I'm being a dick today. Don't mind me. Excuse me. I say 2020, early 2021, around, you know, WrestleMania season, March, that's when I think they'll start to really bring her into the title picture. 
give her some time. I do it in in I always do it in terms of takeovers. Because usually because takeover would be SummerSlam weekend. Um we still don't know when we're if we're gonna have SummerSlam or when or should I say when we're gonna have SummerSlam. But um I say after WrestleMania weekend, March of 2021, April of 2021, and this is, I'm, I'm, I'm spitballing here. April 2021 is when I think they're really going to have Mercedes Martinez really start gunning for the NXT Women's Championship. Again, this goes to pretty much, you know, she's 38. Mind you, Baszler's, I believe, 39. And honestly, between you and I, and even Becky Lynch knows it, that um, they should have been, you know, Baszler should have been women's champion already. You know this, I know this. Becky pushed for it. Becky was the one who actually pushed for it, for those of you who didn't know. Becky was the one who wanted to put Shayna Baszler over. WWE pretty much said, nah, fam, we good. So if you have anyone to blame for this one and why Baszler's not champion, you can blame WWE for that. Appreciate you, Vince. But I say April 2021, I think is when she is going to start her rise to prominence and start gunning for the NXT champion, NXT Women's Championship. It makes the most sense. Um, that I, I do it in terms of takeovers because then you'll have, technically you'll have three takeovers between now and um, April. You'll have, of course, um, is it three? No, it's technically four. Um, SummerSlam weekend, take NXT TakeOver. Um, you have TakeOver War Games. Uh, well, I don't know if they're going to, I don't know if they're going to do one Royal Rumble weekend, but if they don't, because they know they're going to, they know WWE's going to get their ass handed to them, they'll probably do one in February, take over something, and then WrestleMania season, WrestleMania weekend, and then we can start the prop rise to prominence for Mercedes Martinez. That's just me. That's how I see it. But we shall move away from the ladies. And what's, oh, that, oh I'm 40 minutes in. My goodness. This is what happens when you talk about a lot of NXT, NXT Championship shit. Let me think, y'all. Let me think, y'all. What do I want to end this segment with? Well, let's end it on some tag team stuff. Because, again, you know, with Bronson Reed. And Bronson Reed had a good performance. Really cool. Um, I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with Bronson going forward. Um, with Gargano and Swerve. Gargano beat and Swerve. Um, made the most sense. Um to have LeRae and Gargano um, go 2-0 at the Great American Bash just made sense. Um, not even mad at it one bit. Um, decent match. Um, I like what I saw out of Gargano and Scott. They, I mean, they could do that again. I, w- I would like it to be a little better. But I mean, it was nice to see you know Swerve get some run in NXT. I always like to see uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott in a ring. Big fan of his. I've been a big fan of his since, since I saw him in Wrestle Circus. Uh, before went, before Circus went bye bye, unfortunately for all of us, um, I th- if I remember correctly, he was actually, if I'm not mistaken, he was either the former Ringmaster Champion or the Sideshow Champion of Wrestle Circus. I believe he held. He, I know he held one of those belts. I'm not exactly sure which, but I know he held one of those belts in. Uh, Wrestle Circus, and I loved Wrestle Circus. That was such a great fucking promotion. Um, big, I still am a big fan of it to this day. Um, Wrestle Circus, I you are missed. But I want to get into the uh, the tag team match, and it's actually a kind of a 
matchup between the cruiserweights and the tag teams. Um, if I had more time, I would be discussing both. But needless to say, we'll end it on the, the six-man tag between um, El Legado del Fantasma and Drake Maverick and Brizongo. Man, oh man, oh man. <sighs> yeah, I love this. I thoroughly enjoyed the six-man tag. Hey, all right. Anytime Brizongo comes out, you got to think in your head, what kind of outfit are they going to come in? The last time we saw Brizongo was they were uh, number one contenders for the uh, NXT Tag Team Championships, and they took on Imperium, and they came out to uh, a remix of Imperium's uh, theme song, which I absolutely fucking love, and I'm still trying to find the ringtone to this day, because I need that as my ringtone, because it's fire. They came out as fashion luchadors. Pretty much what they're saying on here, on uh, thechairshot.com, it's like Los Conquistadores had trendy sons. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm gonna pull it up real quick because I want—I still want to make sure. Because <laughs> I mean, it is just so good. It was just—it was just so fantastic. I was so happy with this. I, I mean, I hope I could find it. Um. I can't spell for shit. Uh, I'm gonna see. Where, uh, hopefully, I can find it. If not, it's fine. I'm not gonna hurt my own feelings. Hmm. <laughs> okay, I unfortunately can't find it. It sucks, and I'm and I'm uh, looping it on time, so I'm not gonna go too crazy about it. But this, I mean, this was fantastic. They came out as as trendy conquistadors. And I can't be mad at it at all. It was hilarious. Um, you can't, you can never go wrong with that. Uh, Drake Maverick, of course, continuing his feud with Santos Escobar, one of the dopest names in the business today. This was fire. This was a fire six-man tag. You know, just I, I, I love me some Santos Escobar. Of course, I, I like Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde with Santos Escobar. It works. It makes sense. This was their first match as a proper trio. Um, it made sense for them to get the victory, even though Maverick did want to get, to get revenge on Santos. Tried to get it towards the end. Unfortunately, it did not. You know, Unfortunately, it was not his night. Um, of course, at the end, uh, Escobar got up after the Fed's press. Uh, Maverick will barrel into a bulldog. Rizango intercepts Mendoza and Wild Chaos on the outside. Ma uh, Maverick climbs up top. Escobar super kicks the legs out, drags Maverick in, goes for the fireman's carry, and hits that phantom driver, which is so damn clean. El Legado de Fantasma gets the victory. Now, I don't know necessarily what is going to happen with Maverick and El Legado de Fantasma going forward. In terms of what... Um, In terms of what uh, they said here on, uh, let me see, 
do. Chairshot.com, they said something like this. The six-man tag was pretty good. Maverick def was definitely determined to get at Escobar, so naturally that doesn't happen until the end of the match. El Legato wins because revenge can never be that easy. I hope next time, Jake Atlas and Kushida get to beat Maverick's teammates as they were the Block A triple threat in the tournament. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. You know, um, again, Maverick will get his revenge at some point. I don't know if it will mean that he becomes the Cruiserweight Champion. Personally, I would not like to see Maverick become champion. Um, Santos did beat um, Drake for the championship. Fair and square, one-on-one. -on -one. Okay, I lied. It was shenanigans towards the end. We both know this. But... This is something I can really keep my eye on and something I have been keeping my eye on for the um, Cruiserweight division going forward. If we, if we actually get a chance to see Atlas and Kushida team up with Maverick, I think that would be a wild-ass thing. Because now you got to think about it. Santos, if he gets past Maverick, he's now got to deal with Atlas and more than likely he's going to have to deal with Kushida at some point. Um, given the fact that Jordan Devlin, who was also the reigning defending Cruiserweight champion, um, unfortunately has to deal with the uh, speaking out movement shit, um, more than likely uh, will not be dealing, not be defending his Cruiserweight championship anytime soon. Unfortunately, he has to deal with some legal stuff first and get everything sorted out. And we still have that coronavirus be damned shit. So, Santos Escobar, in my eyes right now, is the legitimate Cruiserweight champion. And I expect him to face Atlas, and I I also expect him to face Kushida at some point. Now, my money match was going to be Devlin Escobar. Now I'm switching back. Escobar Kushida is the money match. That's your money match for the Cruiserweight division right now. There is no other match I would really want to see for the Cruiserweight Championship than Escobar versus Kushida. It's only a matter of time before we get it. And once we do get it, I guarantee we are going to get a straight-up banger. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude last week. What went down? I didn't get into everything because it kind of felt I didn't need to get into everything. Just the major points um, from last week's episode. But when we come back, we're going to talk about what's going to be going down tonight. And more than likely, you're not going to be listening to this episode until after NXT. So, um, that's something you got to deal with. We'll get back to the swing of things on Monday and we'll all be good. But again, we will be talking about NXT and what's going to be going down tonight. I'm excited about it because we got a title match. We, yes, we do. We have a title match going down tonight between uh, Io Shirai and Tegan Knox. That is always going to be fun. And we'll discuss everything else that's going to be going down tonight. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we are back with episode 228 of the YLP Podcast talking about last week. This week, and now this is the this week portion of the program. 
where we get prepared for tonight's festivities for the post Great American Bash episode of the Black. Excuse me. And the gold standard. God damn. But before we get into what's going to be going down tonight, let us discuss a little bit of news that we actually saw that came from yesterday. Like I said, I actually saw this on Cultaholic's YouTube page, so I kind of have an idea of what they're talking about. But for those of you who may not have checked out the video on Cultaholic or heard about this, um, Triple H reveals NXT's booking strategy for the remainder of 2020. Considering how the year 2020 has gone thus far, the understanding of so the social climate, Triple H and NXT has a certain booking strategy moving forward. This is from thesportster.com, written by Jim Parsons. Let's get into the article. Considering how awful the year 2020 has gone thus far and understanding the social climate, Triple H says NXT will have a certain booking strategy moving forward. While speaking with Yahoo Sports, Triple H outlined what the black and gold brand's approach to storytelling and booking will be for the foreseeable future, suggesting that WWE has both an obligation to provide entertainment to the fans, but also be leery of what that entertainment looks like and how they shape it, according to Triple H. Creative for NXT will be careful with how heavy the storylines get. It makes sense considering that the number of fans have probably lost loved ones or been hit hard during this crisis. Many are likely out of work, others struggling to keep up with the demands of a changing environment that surrounds them. NXT understands that a number of issues are sensitive and as a result, likely won't broach certain topics. He claimed the goal of NXT will be to help people tune it out, help people to tune it out, tune into WWE and just have some fun for a little bit. This isn't necessarily new messaging, as WWE has publicly stated they feel an obligation to keep producing content during the pandemic, but the game added that it's easy to lose perspective. He wants NXT to be a method of escapism. Whether or not he found the Drake Maverick storyline about him wrestling to keep his job after being laid off in good taste or not wasn't discussed. And the question and asked, will this philosophy be carried company-wide? While NXT focuses on bringing more funds to the product, perhaps thinking of more ideas like the rehashing of the In Your House and Great American Bash monikers, will WWE as a company follow the same directive? So far, SmackDown has covered substance abuse issues with Jeff Hardy but gotten rid of the hacker character, at least for now. Has Vince McMahon taken another look at some of the ideas and put a stamp of approval on some squashing others? And... I am perfectly fine with the fact that they uh, Triple H wants this to wants this to have NXT be a sense of escape, a sense of you know simply you know having a show that goes two hours and being able to you know let fans just sit back, relax. And just enjoy a good, solid wrestling show. Because NXT and AEW, for that matter, are combined to give us the best night of the week on Wednesday nights. Um, I really do hope that, going forward, Vince starts to fucking realize that what they're doing on main roster television is straight garbage. And what Triple H is doing over on NXT is sheer fucking genius. 
I guarantee you, if we get a Halloween Havoc special on NXT come October, I will be thankful for that. Because I know for a fact, Vince wouldn't be able to pull it off. A fall brawl? Well, technically we already have that in War Games. We have War Games. Starcade? Eh. Vince McMahon just turned that into a WWE Network special and it's trash. But, you have WCW. You own WCW. You own it. Use it. Trust me, it works. I've been wanting to see a Halloween Havoc for years now. I've been wanting to see a Halloween Havoc for years. And what Triple H is doing is doing it right. To tune it out. Tune into WWE and just have some fun for a little bit. Let these next two hours take you away from whatever else is going on in the world. And just enjoy being in the moment. And they've been doing it for the past five fucking years. Mr. McMahon. It's about time you start catching the fuck up. But you won't. And I know you won't. Because you're old. You're seeing now. You're stubborn. I can relate. You have Bruce Pritchard pretty much running himself ragged trying to produce programming that produced the worst Raw ever in terms of viewership. I don't watch Raw, so I don't know what happened. And I necessarily don't give a shit either. And I'm starting to lose hope on SmackDown 2 again. So SmackDown once again is back on thin ice with yours truly. Great. Good times. Good times had by all. Loving it. But I do appreciate the fact that going forward, that simply they just want us to, Vince is very, is, is taking this very, the approach they're taking right now is solid. And the the biggest backlash that I saw was there's a lot of fans who are not liking what they're doing with Jeff Hardy on SmackDown. This man recovered from alcohol, drug abuse. Yes, he's had DWIs and shit. But you don't take that and you bring it to the light. Trust me, the news is all we need for that one. Okay? I Trust me, we already know he's had DWIs and shit. You don't need to utilize it in the storyline. And I, I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. By the end of 2020, Jeff Hardy will not be in WWE. I don't think he'll be in WWE. I don't know when his contract ends. And... He should have never re-signed if he had had to. I would ask for my release. If this is how they're going to do me, and on top of that, I now have to face Sheamus in a ballroom brawl at Extreme Rules, the horror show? The real horror show is going to be this Sunday. But we'll talk about that on Friday. But I commend NXT for wanting to at least give us entertainment that allows us to just not worry about what we have going on in the world. And let us enjoy two hours of proper professional wrestling. With that being said, let us get into what is going to be going down tonight on NXT. And I pulled up. Now, usually I would look at the last word on pro wrestling. Um, that's usually the page I've been I've been rocking with lately. But I want to I want to be a little different this week. So I, I pulled up CageSideSeats.com. For those of you who like KSIDCs.com, you're A, you're welcome. B, let us get into the preview. 
So they are titling this particular episode, case by that, I mean case that seats, Too Soon to Be Real. This is from uh, Kyle Decker. So this is what uh, Kyle Decker has to say and what he wrote. NXT returns tonight from Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. This is the fallout from the Great American Bash. What they have advertised for this week that we know of. Io Shirai will be taking on Tegan Knox for the NXT Women's Championship. We'll be talking about that in a moment. And Damian Priest versus Cameron Grimes are the only two matches that we know are advertised for this evening's festivities. Now, here are the five. Now, they have five questions going into tonight. Now, the first question out the gate. Why is Tegan Knox getting her shot so soon? Tonight's settle match between Io Shirai and Tegan Knox feels very soon. Tegan Knox has a great story coming back from two devastating knee injuries trying to realize her dream. That story will always be there, but will be best if really explored. Winning a number one contenders match two weeks ago and getting that opportunity tonight is not that. Outside a brief but good video last week, there hasn't been any build to this. The likely reason for this is tonight is really meant to set up Tegan's net real next feud and not serve as her true championship opportunity. After a backstage interview last week, it sounds like Candice LeRae has her sights set on Knox. She'll likely cost her this match, and that's fine. It's a way to give the get, get. It's a way to give the program a strong start. You might want to charge with your editor. Your editor fucked you over on that one. Tegan can have a strong match with EO before the Poison Pixie delivers her message, costing the babyface the chance to realize her dream. In fact, this is an instance where a clean loss isn't something I'd want to see, because when Tegan's title program is the real deal, they need to give us an emotional build that it deserves. And I want to go back over to Chairshot.com for a moment and discuss. Um, everything that's been going on with Little Miss Tegan Knox, who personally is a favorite of mine. Um, I like her. She adorable. And she pretty, and she cute. Super fucking cute. Big fan. Huge big fan. So let's get into that real quick. Because I know they actually did a vignette for, um, EO and Tegan for the title match. See here if I can find it real quick. Robert Stone, good God. Lol. Hello, lol. So, and I, and I love this vignette. I love this vignette, by the way. This was fucking fantastic. They start off with EO saying, Tegan Knox, we are very similar. You and I both worked very hard to get to this moment. Earn respect to chase a dream. This is your comeback story. But Tegan wants the narration to stop there. She says, I'm done with the being the, of the perception of being the comeback kid. I've been here all along and I'm fed up with the pity. I'm going to prove why I am here. I am the number one contender and soon to be. Little, little Zach Gibson and soon to be the NXT Women's Champion. But Shirai says, there's only one thing that separates us. You cannot do it alone. You have always needed support. But your so-called friends have all betrayed you. The only one I rely on now is myself. Because the only thing I need is the title. Tegan states, how can friends be a weakness? And you did this by yourself? Except for last week when Asuka helped you against Sasha Banks and Bailey. But you're right. Maybe it is a weakness. We've been on similar journeys. We left our home countries to, for America and NXT. All for the same goal. I have never trained harder for anything in my life. This is an opportunity eight years in the making. I'm coming to fight. I am faster, stronger, and shinier than ever before. 
Sherrod states, Tegan, you ain't me. This is my NXT Women's Division. And I'm at the top of my game. If you believe in this is destiny, you'll win next week. But I will be waiting. And I agree with Kyle in the sentiment that, you know, more than likely Candice is going to, uh, Candice is probably going to be the reason that Tegan does not become NXT Women's Champion tonight. And maybe he is right. Maybe it is a little too soon, but I was I, was I actually surprised Tegan became the number one contender? Absolutely. I really do. Um, I personally thought that uh, Dakota Kai was going to be the next in line to get the shot. It would have made a lot of sense for Kai to get that shot. She had been calling out um, EO for the longest. And unfortunately, now she's not getting that shot, which kind of concerns me a little bit. But I'm going to be as safe to say is that Tegan will not become champion tonight. Candice will probably have something to say about it. And, um, yeah, excuse me. EO will retain. It would make the most sense in the world. But it won't be because it was a clean victory. It will be because of doo-doo shenanigans. The second question that comes up is, what happens to the North American title now? Keith Lee's historic victory last week left him holding two championship titles, the NXT title and the North American title. It was quite the feat and quite the moment, but now it leaves NXT with the task of figuring out what to do with the lesser of the two titles. The Limitless one is going to be NXT champion for a little while. North American champion? Maybe not. The way I see it, there are two main options. Either Lee keeps both titles and defends them, likely separately, until he loses one, or he vacates the North American title and NXT runs a tournament to crown a new mid-card champion. The first option is more intriguing, but tougher to book, because Keith Lee isn't going to lose the North American Championship anytime soon if they go that route. That involved that involve their exciting new champion dropping a match really soon. They could play heavy in an interference like the main roster did when Becky Lynch had two belts, but at least those were titles of equal value. Lee wrestling twice per major event until he lost a belt would be a fun story, but it would deprive the mid-card of a title for a while. Bingo, and I said that in the last segment. You're welcome. That's why they'll likely go with relinquishing the relinquishing route, giving future Hall of Famer vacant, <laughs> giving future Hall of Famer vacant another championship reign. That would allow for a tournament to elevate men like Damian Priest, Killian Dane, and Timothy Thatcher without forcing Lee to take an L. And I, like I said in the last segment. This is going to be a tough... I mean, yes, you have the five surrounding... You know, Keith Lee and the surrounding four. But double champions to me, especially in NXT, doesn't really... It don't work. And in terms of New Japan, it's a little bit different. But same scenario. Personally, with between with Eve, the difference between Evil and Keith Lee is... With Evil... I'm concerned that maybe he is just jumping up to the main event a little bit too soon. Intercontinental Championship? Hell yeah. Never open with Championship? Absolutely. In terms of Keith Lee, it's kind of the same thing. The difference is, is that, you know, you do have some players. You do. But like I said, the biggest concern is that you're not going to have Keith Lee wrestle two times in one night for an event. You're not going to do it. His only choice, the relinquishing route makes sense. Keith Lee, you know, keeps the NXT championship. He defeated Adam Cole. He wants to focus on the NXT championship. North American championship, do a tournament. Why not? Because if you think about it, 
There's a lot of guys waiting in the wings. Gargano, Balor, Cross, and I guarantee Cross will be good for the NXT Championship, and so will Adam Cole. And you also have guys like Killian Dane, um, Timothy Thatcher, Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes. Um, you can start elevating new guys. Bronson Reed. Come on, give me some of that Ozilla. You feel me? Um, so the relinquishing route honestly would make the most sense. Let Keith Lee hold that NXT championship and let a new champion become come to the forefront. Hi, Marley. Why not? Why not? And before I continue on with the remaining three questions, I want to let you guys know this segment of the show is brought to you by our Patreon. Yes, we do have a Patreon for those noob noobs who do not know. Um, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. 17 cents a day. Dime, nickel, two pennies, or dime, seven pennies, or 17 pennies, doesn't matter. We'll get you access to exclusive stuff that you will not be able to listen to, enjoy, and just just be enamored with outside of Wrestle Addicts Radio Programming. For example, um, let me think about that. A Patreon group chat? An exclusive Patreon group chat that you get to listen to, you get to talk to myself and the other members of the Wrestle Addicts Radio family, Mance, Nate, Fretz, um, Will, Kit, and King Ricky. You'll be able to get to talk to you'll be able to talk to us every day if you want to. Bring up topics. We got we actually got a little thing going on. Um, I'm breaking the fourth wall here. Um, we got a little bit of a trivia thing going on. I'm not gonna say who's running it, but yeah, we're doing a little bit of trivia right now, and just you know, everybody's trying to get their answers in and all that cool stuff. So that's what we got going on right now with that. Also, you get to hear exclusive shows that you will not be able to hear outside of the Patreon. Stuff that is exclusive only to Patreon that you will not be able to listen to on regular Wrestle Addict Radio programming. Shows like my show, The Secret Files Podcast, where I get to talk, where pretty much you will not know the topic until you hit play. Literally. That's how. That's the basis of my show. Um, I, it's been a while since I've done one, and I will get back into the swing of things with that. Um, I do have some ideas in my head with The Secret Files it's a little bit different. I don't just talk about professional wrestling. I talk about other things outside of the world of professional wrestling. Um, as well, you get to check out Fretz's Fave 5, where he gets to talk about his five top five favorite, insert your favorite topic here. And trust me, his stuff is gold. Good shit. As well as one of my personal favorite shows, Love and War. Yes, Love and War. Uh, the show uh, that hosted by... Kate Murphy and King Ricky Rose talking about um, dating, dating, yeah, as a professional, as a professional wrestling fan and as a professional wrestling podcaster, which is really, really cool for those of you out there. I know they got a few episodes in. Um, I think it's been a little while since they've done an episode, but I can't wait to hear it again. Honestly, ever since the first, ep- like the first episode back a few months ago, I have been hooked. I love it. Great stuff. Um, it is very fantastic, and like I said, it's exclusive to Patreon. And I think this is the biggest hook for you guys if you are considering to join. How about 15% off every time you check out at our Teespring store from any collection, including the Pride collection that we still have going on over on our Teespring stores. The My, my collection, the YLP collection, the King Ricky Rose collection, the HBIC collection, the Fretzelmania collection, the Game Changer collection, and of course the Delights collection. All of that, get everything you want with an exclusive code, only exclusively for Patreons, or patrons, I should say. I can't, I still 
haven't figured that out. For patrons, 15% off every single time you check out. And you get an exclusive code. I can't tell you that code because you're not a part of Patreon. But if you want to be part of Patreon, $5 a month will get you all that and more. 17 cents a day. 15% off exclusive code. Being a part of Patreon group chat, you can talk about, we can talk about everything during pay-per-views and all that stuff during shows, all that. And exclusive shows that you will not be able to hear outside of the Patreon walls. Sound good? Five bucks a month. Patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. Always accepted, never expected, but, if, but do, please do consider joining us today. Let us continue on, though, with number three. What's next for Adam Cole? It took over a year, but thanks to Keith Lee, Adam Cole is no longer NXT champion, which leads to the inevitable, now what? Given his historic reign, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to call him up to the main roster without at least an epilogue program to explore what's left of Cole after the smoke of his title loss is cleared. Is he humbled? Is he in denial? Is he more determined than ever to win it back? Even though Karrion Cross is lurking, Cole getting a rematch of sorts after that reign makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'm pretty much good on that. Mm. Kirkland alkaline water, so delicious. Number four. Where's Tommaso Ciampa? That's a very good question. One of the main stars of NXT has been missing. Ever since losing to Karrion Cross and convincing faction at TakeOver In Your House, Tommaso Ciampa has been MIA. He wasn't on their big two-week Great American Bash special in any capacity. That actually makes sense. His loss to Cross was so bad. Competitors need time to recover from a defeat of that magnitude. It also makes sense to cycle wrestlers in and out so they don't get stale or overexposed. The question is whether or not creative is the only reason Champa is out. Maybe with COVID spiking in a frightening way in Florida. I'm not going to get into it. He has understandably opted not to come to work and instead stay home with his wife and newborn baby. And if that's the case... We may not see the cycle killer for a while. If it is just a creative cause for his absence, then we may see him soon as NXT looks to start their newest chapter. I didn't even know he had a new king. I thought he already had, I he already had the one. Um, but if, if it, that is the case, that Tommaso Ciampa has opted to stay home and not work, given the fact that he does have a newborn child, I can understand that. I mean, Roman Reigns does the same thing, and he just had twins. Um... So I can under, if that's the case, then yes, we are not going to see Champa for quite some time. Um, but if he is, if it's just all just creative, and this is all just a way for us to miss Champa, of course, as y'all always know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Then, um, yeah, why not? I mean, if that's the case, either way, I'm fine with it. You know, if he wants to stay home with his wife, newborn child, to ensure the safety of his family. Do you, boo-boo? Champa, hey, you got my blessing. You ain't hurting my feelings one damn bit. I promise you, bruh. Um, if it's just creative deal, then I guarantee when Champa comes back, he is going to be coming back with a vengeance and man- and Mans is going to be ready to kill everything. I mean, everything. Everything? Everything, okay? But let's finish up at number five. Is Robert Stone going to be in a walking boot? Last week, Robert Stone was run over by a tank. It was just another example of how entertaining Stone is every week, whether he's a Tony Khan parody or not. I'm saying not as well. 
And Kyle actually said, I'm, I'm saying not. Robert is selling that angle big time on Twitter. Like, he works every angle. He's like Drake Maverick in the fact that he promotes everything he's doing. He's a great character worker and makes the best of everything given to him. So I assume that he's going to show up tonight in a walking boot or cast to sell the tendon damage he received from Shotzi Blackheart's tank assault. And they forgot the part where uh, Killian Game just literally ran that ran man's over and destroyed his whole body. Whether he does or not, he's still probably getting beat up. <laughs> I mean, it's, I say this, and I'm and in proper fashion. I'm going to close my laptop, and my phone is on charger right now, so I'm going to leave it on there. But I see it like this. NXT is a great opportunity to continue on the momentum of what's going down. It's going to be going down tonight. They have a great opportunity to establish a, and begin a new chapter uh, post Great American Bash. Now, we, of course, Keith Lee is a double champion. Um, Karrion Cross is now on the hunt because Mans broke his uh, nice little hourglass. Adam Cole's going to be hunting for Keith Lee because uh, Mans stole his title. Um Gargano and Balor, we'll see how that goes. Um, I, I mean, there's going to be a lot of factors that are going to play into tonight's episode. Now, for y'all, those of you who do know, not know, I, let me speak that again. For those of you who do not know, I do not watch NXT Live. I do not. Uh, for the simple fact that I watch AEW Dynamite Live, and tonight is actually Fight for the Fallen, so I'll be watching that and live tweeting. I'll discuss that on the closing segment of the show. But I do watch NXT in the days after and prepare myself for this coming Tuesday's episode and we'll discuss it there hence why we call this show last week this week for those of for the new for the noob noobs who do not know why I do it today why I talk about it today instead of actually talking about it the, pretty much the day after I usually do it like that because it's the theme of the show and I prepare you guys for what's going down for the for tonight's particular episode usually I do this on Tuesdays but of course with the whole uh you know, New Japan's uh, weekend. Um, I had to push that back just a little bit. One day, nothing gonna hurt. Not gonna hurt my feelings, and um, that's why we're doing this episode tonight. Which is why, which is why we're doing it tonight, and why it is right now. So this is why we are doing it tonight. But next week we go back to regular programming, and you usually get to listen to this episode on Tuesdays to get you prepared for tomorrow. Usually, what would be tomorrow night's episode, which would be technically tonight. But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude episode 228 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you prepared for episode 229 of the YLP podcast when we get to light the fuse and of course also get ready, unfortunately, for Extreme Rules, the horror show. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 228 of the YLC Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking this episode of the podcast. As always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. 
Y'all know, of course, uh, y'all know this episode will always be and forever on BigBizPodcastSolutions.com. Yes, I do have social media, and I'm very 
somewhat active. Oh, it doesn't matter. If you want to follow me on my social media, you can find me over on Twitter. The Twitter sphere at SwayedSenator4. And it's S U E D E S E N A T O R capital W capital A capital R. I do like four. Thank you. Uh, I'll be watching tonight for Fight of the Fallen because it is Moxie versus Cage. Finally, to the AEW World Championship. I can't wait to see how much of a banger that's going to do. I can't wait. Captain TR versus Gucci Bros. Um, Jurassic Express versus Kenny Omega and uh, Young Bucks. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot going on tonight, and I can't wait to see it. Let's go. Alright. It's back down live every Friday, unless I have a Friday engagement to attend to. Uh, I do, as you guys would say that. Every WWE live pay per view, and I will be doing live tweeting, unfortunately, for Extreme Rules the Horror Show this Sunday night, as well as uh, every AEW live pay per view. But since there is no pay per view in the month of July, um, I will be live tweeting. Fight for the Fallen will be on AEW Dynamite, so I will be live tweeting for that. Every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special. We do not know when. Excuse me. The next NXT TakeOver will be, but I know for a fact, as far as I know, NXT UK's TakeOver will be taking place in October for Dublin. And if that goes off with a hitch, I hope that becomes a straight-up banger of a show. Because you got to love you uh, some NXT UK, you dig? So, also... And I'm glad we're back in the swing of things over in the East. New Japan Pro Wrestling is back. And I love it. And I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. When it's 3.30 in the morning, I have woken up to go to the bathroom and I can't go back to sleep at that very moment. It'd be like that sometimes. Trust me, it'd be like that sometimes. Uh, <laughs> if you want to follow me over on the Instagram world, I can be followed over there at Young underscore lions underscore perspective, the mothership of everything that is YLP related. Memes, 60 second thought videos, breaking news, updates on when uh, when shows drop, or in case you missed it, um, sit, you know, did I do 60 second thought videos? Yep, I did the 60 second thought videos. Uh, memes, memes, and more memes because there can never be enough professional wrestling memes. They are quite hilarious, and I enjoy them just as much as any other person who loves memes across the board. And surprisingly, I actually have a Facebook page. I'm not as active on Facebook, but luckily for me, and thank God for technology, my Instagram is connected to my Facebook page, and you can find that on the Facebook world at, uh, let me think, uh, Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Give the page a follow. Share it to all your friends. Follow the page as well. We're over 100 followers, and I want to get up to 200 by the end of this year. I want to make that into a nice little goal of mine. So... Again, Young Lions Perspective Podcast. We're going to look over to the judges to ensure I fulfilled all my obligations for the evening before I go eat some pasta. And I believe these Swiss judges give me the thumbs up, so we're all good. So, this Friday, episode 229 of the YLP Podcast will be taking place. And with that, we are going to be bringing back, and I love doing these shows, a brand new episode of Light the Views. And I'm going to be talking about everything that's going to be going down tonight for Fight for the Fall. We'll be discussing all of that, uh, everything that goes down, especially with a big emphasis on the Moxley Cage AEW World Championship match that was supposed to take place last week, 
but we didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, given the fact that uh, Moxley was pretty much told to uh, make sure he stayed home uh, with his boo thing, like a boo bang, stand by his side like his boo thing. Um, yeah, Ray Young had a little bit of the COVID, and um, he was advised to stay home to ensure that no one, the spread did not go down. As far as we know, he is still negative, and he was performing tonight against Cage, uh, who is now the FTW World Champion, as given to Taz. Um, I believe he defended the championship uh, last night against Brian Pillman Jr. in a successful defense, and he will be going into a champion, quote-unquote, against Moxley, who is the current reigning and defending AEW world champion. We'll discuss all of that this coming Friday as well, as unfortunately we have to, and I really don't want to, but I have to. Because it's obligation to myself and ensuring that we get to at least talk about main roster programming in some capacity. I will be doing, of course, my preview and predictions as I do every Friday. And unfortunately, my preview and predictions are going to be for WWE Extreme Rules the horror show. We'll discuss we'll break it all down, and I'll do my best to pick the winners. And try not to vomit in the process. My goodness. Oh dear, oh dear. I hope I don't eat chicken parm beforehand. Oh dear. Oh dear. But other than that, guys, that's going to be it for me. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday night. Enjoy AEW. Enjoy NXT, whatever you plan on watching. If you have two TVs, enjoy both. If you have a DVR, make sure you have DVR one and watch the other. It be like that sometimes. Nothing wrong with a little bit of the power of the DVR to ensure that you get to watch both shows at your leisure. It's a beautiful thing. So, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday night, whatever it is that you do. And I'll see you guys back this Friday night for episode 229 of the YLP Podcast. See ya! This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.